This is A Mind Controlled Life, a podcast for anxiety sufferers everywhere. Wake up each day feeling less and less anxious, but with more and more control with your host, Elaine Blidgen. Welcome to A Mind Controlled Life, the very first episode of this new podcast. Do you know it's taking me years to do this? I wanted to set up a podcast uh, about, let me just think, seven, eight, maybe even nine years ago. I went on a training in London and I got talking to someone. He said, oh, the podcast is great. This is how you can get to your audience and you just need to speak to them and talk about what you want to talk about. And it's great. And I thought, yes, I'll do it. I didn't have the nerve to do it. And that's like seven, eight years ago. And all of that time, I've been thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it, trying a bit here, trying a bit there, recording a few bits. And it's only now that I'm able to do it. And this is one of the main reasons why I believe in self-coaching, because the only reason that I am here speaking with you today is because I have pieced out from all of the trainings and all of the courses and all of the downloads and everything that I've ever learned into a predictable, relatable, reliable structure that has helped me to eliminate my anxiety triggers. So where do we start with all of this? Because I'm now on the other side of my very, very, very long journey. And I would wish for you not to go through what I've gone through, not the actual trainings and things itself, but how long it's taken. It's taken me a long time. Well, there are two types of anxiety sufferer. I and I like to call the first one the anxiously passive and then we've got the emotionally self-supporting. I am now emotionally self-supporting because if you are an anxiety sufferer and you have relied heavily on pills, potions, psychologists, therapists, counsellors, coaches, without learning how to manage your own anxiety effectively yourself, then all you're doing is treading water in between those sessions, waiting for that person to give you whatever it is you need to cope with the next week. Does that make sense? Because if we have anxiety, And somebody else says, come here, I can help you. I can make you feel better. And mostly they can. It doesn't necessarily give you the tools in which to eliminate the anxiety. You're just treading water. And you're managing your life through trying to avoid all those situations which will trigger you to feeling bad or anxious or scared or worried. Yeah? And so this was me. I didn't know how to not feel like that. For me, it was normal to put myself down and to berate myself. It was normal to have a panic attack if I touched something that was what I thought was contaminated. It was normal for me to feel paranoid and insecure when I was in a group of people. But obviously, it's not normal, is it? it? It It's not, because then I look at other people, and yes, we don't always know what's going on inside other people's heads, but generally, 
most people are okay with a bunch of people. They are okay opening their front gaze, you know. They are okay with the very same situations in which I would panic or feel scared or feel insecure within. So I knew that, especially talking to friends and family, I knew that to be true. And I wanted that. But I had been trained that the only people and the only person that could help me was a therapist. Someone who'd been to, got a qualification and they could sort me out. But there was a problem. I wasn't bad enough, in quote bad, I meant I didn't have enough anxiety to warrant going to a doctor to be put on pills and potions and be referred to a therapist. I was what you would call a high functioning anxiety sufferer. And that's a relatively new term. If you're a high functioning anxiety sufferer, 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 oh, what a funny word. If that's you, you will find that you will have lots of the traits of someone with generalized anxiety disorder. But if you went to your doctor and talked to them about it, they would think that they would say, oh, just go and relax or or take a holiday or take a short break. You wouldn't necessarily be helped in that way. And that's another problem, really, because as someone who has lived with that my entire life, I went to work, I turned up, I did my work really, really well. But it didn't mean that inside of my head, there wasn't a war going on between trying not to have a panic attack, trying not to feel anxious, trying not to overreact, trying not to feel out uh, on the ledge, trying not to feel at odds with the people around me. And it was that that absolutely drove me into distraction. We want to be able to go from passively waiting for something or someone else to help us to being able to do that for ourselves. And so that's what I did. Now, there is nothing wrong at all with seeing a therapist, a coach, a counsellor, reading a book to, to help you. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But what I found was that most, well, in fact, all of my trainings, all of the courses that I did were about other people. They were about how can I help you to become healthier, wealthier, whatever. It wasn't really about me helping myself to be like that. So what I've done, or what I had to do, is I had to then figure out how to turn that around and use self-coaching tips and techniques to coach myself. If you talk to anyone, I say anyone, if you talk to other coaches out there, most people believe that you can't coach yourself because they'll say things like, well, you can't coach yourself because you can't stand back from yourself to coach yourself. It's not true. Maybe for them, they can't coach themselves, but I know for sure that the only reason that I am here now is because I coached myself. I figured out how to get into my unconscious mind and change those perceptions, those faulty perceptions that were creating the anxiety. You can too. And in fact, I would say that if more and more people believe that this is definitely a DIY skill, more of us would be going around achieving our goals and getting rid of anxiety quicker and earlier in life. Instead of having to wait until, you know, you are an adult and you've spent years and years and years battling with the anxiety or having to go 
on pills and potions because you don't know how else to cope. So what's the aim of all of this? The aim is to wake up each day feeling less and less anxious and each day feeling more and more in control. And this takes us right back to the title of this podcast, which is A Mind-Controlled Life, where you are controlling your own life. So where do we start? Okay, if you are a seasoned self-helper, you will have lots of tools, lots of tricks in in order to be able to, to read them, to make you feel better. But what I want to introduce you to is the tool to help you on your self-coaching journey. I absolutely believe 100% in self-coaching because that's what saved my life. Self-coaching healed me of my anxiety. It made me feel, not even feel, it made me react and do the things that I always wanted to be able to do that I couldn't do before. So we start with awareness. We start with acknowledging that, okay, I've got anxiety, or I'm a warrior, or I stress out too much. And it's really important that you admit that to yourself, because without admitting, I mean, nobody else is going to know about this. This is the beauty of doing it yourself. You don't need to admit anything to anybody. You've just got to admit to yourself that you have something going on and give it a name. And for me, I had generalized anxiety. I had OCD, I had paranoia, I was insecure, low self-esteem, I most definitely did not believe in myself, I was a perfectionist, actually probably am still a perfectionist, and the list goes on. So because I had so many issues, it was, it was easy for me to name something, but that is definitely the first step. The next step is, what do you want? Yeah, what do you want? Now, when I ask my clients what they want, I can absolutely say that that's the hardest question that they can answer. They find it really difficult to know what they want. They know what they don't want, but they don't necessarily know what they want. So I can say, what do you want? And they'll say, okay, well, I don't want to feel bad when I'm at work. I don't want to feel like a fool when I'm standing there giving a presentation. I don't want my partner to keep arguing with me and I then shut up or, or sit down or feel belittled. And the thing about not knowing what you want, you can't get what you actually do want. So let's just say you're going on holiday and I say to you, where are you, where do you want to go? And you say, well, I don't want to go to New York. I don't want to go to the Maldives. I don't want to go to Blackpool. I don't want to go to my aunt Ethel. You know, well, I don't know where you want to go and neither do you. And so that's why it's really important for you to actually figure out where you want to go. What, not where you want to go, what you actually want. So when you've done that, then a slightly more involved question could be, how is the problem that you have manifesting in your life? How's it showing up? So if you know that you have a problem with anxiety in, say, a social setting, how does that show up? Is it that 
when somebody looks at you, you feel so self-conscious that you start ruminating inside your own mind and you don't know what to say? Or is it just a thought of walking into a room on your own and you think all eyes are on you? How does it show up? That's important too, because that will show you whether the change that you're going to implement is actually working or not. And let's just talk about change for a moment. There's this idea that when you change you, it's, it's, it's this big thing. When in actual fact, it's the tiny, tiny, tiny little details that show you that what you're doing now, you're on the right track. So let's stay with this example of social anxiety. And for you, that may be when you walk into a room on your own, you feel that all eyes are on you. And so you start to feel self-conscious. As you can tell, I'm talking about myself. Yes. Okay. When you do whatever intervention that you're going to do, and you're then looking to see if it's made a change in your outside life, not just inside your head, but out there in the real world, you notice that the next time you walk into that situation, that you still feel self-conscious. You think, oh, it didn't work. But ah, it may still have worked. Because this is where we need to get super, super, super detailed. If you start to analyze the duration in which you feel self-conscious or to the level to which you feel self-conscious, and then you compare it, you might start to notice that you may feel self-conscious for the first five seconds, 10 seconds, minute, hour, whatever that is, and it's gone down slightly. Or the intensity of that self-consciousness may at first been a level eight, but now it's a level six. So, so now you're making progress. The thing that you're doing is working. You just need to either do more of that or you need to then add something else to whatever it is you're doing to then get down to maybe a two or a zero. And I know it can sound like, oh, Elaine, that's a lot of work. As I've said at the beginning of, I think at this podcast, that anxiety doesn't go away. It gets worse. Every single day you wake up and you've not nudged your anxiety out. It just compounds because the thing is about our mind and our mindset. We can make ourselves anxious over the weather. Well, I say we. Well, actually, that's true. It is we, because this is based on myself and my clients that I've had over the years. And I know for me that, let's just say it's the summer holidays, and we're in the UK. And in the UK, our summers are not guaranteed to be hot for the entire June, July and August. It's just not. We will get some hot days, but mostly it'll be grey and raining, yeah? So... My expectation that on the day that I want to go out for a walk in the woods somewhere and it should be hot and dry, you know, it should be 25 degrees and with a southwesterly wind and it's just perfect day, my expectations are already too high for where I live. But let's just say I had that and I wake up the next day looking forward to going for my walk and it's grey, and it's overcast, and it's only 18 degrees. 
I have had it where I've felt so down about that, but I didn't go out. So what I'm trying to say is that to me, it did not matter what I had to do to get here. Because if I was, because if you're in the same place where I was, where even the weather controls your emotional state, you know things aren't good. And so when you get to the point of thinking, well, I can't be bothered doing this, I'll I'll just read a book or I'll ignore it or it doesn't matter. Know that you're already trying, you're doing something, you're already shrinking your life to fit in with how you feel. So you may never plan to go out on a picnic or you may only wait until it's a very nice day and go. You might, we will do all sorts of things to try and not trigger anxiety or worry or fear or insecurity or paranoia and the list goes on. What I'm saying to you is this is the time now to write down what the problem is, how it's showing in your life. To what intensity or the duration are you experiencing that? Then you're going to use whatever intervention that you have. And then you're going to look at whether it's made an impact or not. And that's it. If it's made an impact, you keep doing more of it. If it's not made an impact or it's not making enough of an impact, then something needs to change. And that's where I come in. I know that there are lots of things you can do to make yourself feel better in the moment. So let's say you still wake up the next day, it's grey, you wanted to go for your walk, but you throw a tantrum because the weather's grey, it's overcast and it's cold, so it's not going to be very enjoyable. There are things that you can do to actually make it so that that is enjoyable. There are things that you can do to be okay with the fact that it's still a grey, overcast day. There are things you can do to make it that it doesn't matter what kind of day it is, you're still going to enjoy it anyway. So the question that I've got to ask you is, are the interventions that you're using now giving you those outcomes? Can you still do what you want to do in life with the way you're approaching it now? And this takes us back to a mind-controlled life. Because once you can control how you react in life, You won't wake up the next day, see overcast and then feel bad about yourself for it. It will just be, okay, we're in the UK. This is the weather. Let's enjoy it anyway. And this is not a time for you to be able to pump yourself up or I just really dislike that. But anyway, this is not a time for you to pump yourself up and try and be rah, rah, rah and be positive when it's not positive. It might be just, oh, what a horrible day. And it's okay for it to be a horrible day. But whenever I used to say it was a horrible day, I used to feel horrible. But when I say now it's a horrible day, it doesn't go anywhere. I don't feel horrible. And that's the difference. So I challenge you to look at what you're actually doing to help yourself and to know whether it's been effective or not. And in that line, I'll give you a very short then and now. Then and now is about a success segment part of this podcast where I'll share with you what I used to do then and what it's like now. 
And then I'd like, and I really want you to look at what you used to do then and what you do now. Have you ever driven a car? Do you drive? Right. Now, this might trigger you. It might not. But this is my then and now. When I was at my, not even at my worst, to be to be fair, this, this, is, this is when I was using all the techniques and I was getting better. And it just shows how bad things had been. I used to just get in my car and drive to go to shopping, to go to work, to just go for a jaunt out. And I had this thing about the dark night. So in the UK, that can get, you can, it can be grey from three o'clock in the afternoon. And that's it. It gets dark by four o'clock, 4.30. And I struggled with that for a long time. And there is a reason why I struggled with that, which I'll go into, I'm sure, in other podcasts. And it meant that if I was driving and it was getting to be near enough to the three o'clock mark in the winter, I'd start to feel anxious. I was, it's anticipatory anxiety. I was starting to anticipate something bad was going to happen whilst I was driving my car because it was getting to, to be dark. And the worst time that that would trigger would be when it came to an intersection. So like a crossroads, but you know, if I'm on the motorway or a B road and I was crossing the intersection, I would have this terrible panic anxiety that there was a car that or a lorry was going to come and sideswipe me and I'd be dead. That's what I lived with every single time I got into my car in the winter because it didn't just happen just because it was nearly two o'clock or three o'clock. It happened the moment I woke up in the morning and I was hoping and praying that that I'd be able to get home before it got dark. And of course, if you're working, that's not always possible. Or if you go shopping, because you can't, we can't stop our lives at three o'clock because it's going to be dark by four. So I would just be anxious throughout the entire winter months and only feel better when it got to spring and summer, because it was lighter in the mornings and it was lighter in the later afternoons. And in fact, things got so bad for me that I tracked how much daylight we had left at the, each day. And I know when the shortest day is, and I also know when the longest day is. And it's, I just know that now because I used to track it. And my moods would change absolutely as soon as the clocks went back in October. That was then. Now, I don't, yes, I still know when the shortest day is and the longest day is, but I can be out. It it was so, it was so interesting. I was actually out at four o'clock, five o'clock, whenever it was, it was dark and I did not feel a thing. And I was going across an intersection and I wasn't due home until about six o'clock and I did, and it was because I didn't feel anything. I was thinking, oh, I'm fine. Oh my goodness. And so now it's not even part of my experience. I can drive anywhere. I can get back at any time. It can be winter. It can be spring. It can be summer. It, and, and, and just saying this as an example to show that what I had to do was change how I perceived myself in that situation and it's gone. It's, it's, I don't need to ever work on that ever again, if that makes sense. 
And this is a, this, this is a more advanced part to your own self-coaching. There are te- tips and techniques that you can use and they work within the minute. They work short term, but then you have to keep topping them up, you know, so to speak. And I didn't want that either. There are too many triggers to do that successfully. So with this one, my driving now is calm, it's peaceful, it's restful, it's relaxed. I feel no anxiety, no matter what time of day it is, no matter what the weather's doing, no matter what time of year it is. So what's your then and now? Do you have any then and nows? I'm sure you do. And it would be good to acknowledge what those are and think about how did you do that? How did you change from where you were to where you are now in that particular context? And write that down because that's going to be part of your success strategies. Yeah? If you're not there yet, if your then and nows rely on you to constantly be saying or doing something to keep it going, then I would put that as a no, not a then and now, because you want to be able to get to the place where you don't have to pump yourself up. You don't need to do any interventions at all. You're just okay. So I'll leave you with that and contact me and let me know where you're at on your journey. And remember that a mind-controlled life is a life where you can wake up each day feeling less and less anxious, but with more and more control. I'll speak to you soon.